Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. immune system keeps us up and running, but sometimes it's too good at its job. An overactive immune system can cause all kinds of problems, including a group of diseases called inflammatory arthritis. Our immune system looks at anything that is foreign, you know, like virus or, you know, things that we're allergic to, that the body will start attacking those foreign things. Now, in inflammatory arthritis, like a lot of the autoimmune condition, the body start looking at own function, own tissues in the body as something foreign. So we start attacking it and that causes inflammation. That's Dr. Linda Lee, professor of physical therapy at the University of British Columbia and has been one of the world's leading scientists in arthritis research. She says that while inflammation often helps us heal, being chronically inflamed damages joints throughout the body. In the case of inflammatory arthritis, it can cause damages to the structure and the tissues in the joint. So rheumatoid arthritis, for example, the body structure that's most often affected is the membrane. The synovial membrane is a thin barrier that surrounds the joints in a layer of protective fluid, helping them move smoothly. In inflammatory arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis, the body starts looking at this nice tissue structure as something foreign and they start attacking it. So that's why when you see people with rheumatoid arthritis, oftentimes they have multiple joints that's involved. It becomes inflamed, so it's hot and swollen, and the structure of the membrane can also change over time if it's not properly treated. The membrane can also start producing enzymes that attack the cartilage and bones surrounding the joints, causing a lot of pain and severely limiting mobility. As Lee mentioned, rheumatoid arthritis is one of the most common forms of inflammatory arthritis. Unfortunately, diagnosing the condition isn't always easy, which Talisa King knows all too well. I was working more than one job. So like that day before, I just kind of felt really, really rough, really tired and just kind of figured, you know, I'm just burning a candle at both ends one more day into my two days off. So, you know, just thinking I was just tired. So that actual morning of my onset, I woke up, went to my first job, left there, got to my second job, but I had been dropping things all day, like just physically in my body. I just knew that something was really, really wrong, but I couldn't necessarily put a finger on it. She didn't have major pain or numbness, but still felt odd by the time she made it to her second job that night. And at that time, I was working in juvenile corrections at the time. So it's very important that I be able to move and do what I need to do and went to get up out of a chair about 9.36 at night and physically could not. So as I tried to get up, literally everything on the left side of my body, nothing on the left side of my body would move. The medical team rushed in and initially thought that King was having a stroke. But after spending weeks in the hospital, none of the doctors could figure out what was wrong. King's body showed signs of rheumatoid arthritis, like warm and swollen joints, but none of the blood work showed that she had the condition. 
I went through a series of tests over, I would say about five weeks of being in the hospital, still not being able to walk, still not being able to do certain things for myself, just for them to release me with an unknown diagnosis and basically tell me that they didn't know what was wrong with me, that I needed to treat neurologically. It wasn't a stroke. They ruled out, you know, anything major like that. They had me see psych doctors a few times a week, basically thinking that I was crazy because they couldn't figure out what it was. So it had to just be me having some type of weird episode, which, of course, made me even more upset. Despite her feelings, King was treated at her local neurological institute. But after a year and a half of tests and treatments, she still couldn't walk or even tie her shoes. She was passed on to various doctors who all tried to diagnose her with one disorder or another every couple of weeks. They flooded my system with all kinds of meds to where I would end up back at the hospital because they were treating me for things that I wasn't actually diagnosed with. So eventually I was able to connect with my current rheumatologist. He was able to do alternate testing to check via like bone scan and different various blood tests and things like that. And he was able to figure out that I have seronegative rheumatoid arthritis, which means that it doesn't always show up in your blood the way that it is. So you have to take alternate testing to verify those findings. We began to treat very aggressively. And within a matter of like a year, a year and a half, I could physically walk on my own two feet. And though some days are worse than others, King has learned how to best manage her condition. A big part of her journey has been the rheumatoid arthritis community. But just like her diagnosis, King had to fight to find a group who understood the struggle of living with this condition. At the time, the closest Arthritis Foundation chapter was eight hours away. Everything was minimal for online at that point because we're talking roughly 12, 13 years ago. So there weren't as many online resources as there there are now post-COVID. So as far as physical support group meetings, actual active chapters and offices where I could reach someone from the Arthritis Foundation to discuss anything that I was going through. As it related to healthcare, there were a few rheumatologists here. My rheumatologist is awesome. But even with that, being able to navigate through the healthcare system on the opposite side, figuring out medications and appeals and step therapy and things like that, like there was no local help. King took it upon herself to make a change and bring the support she needed to her area. Every race is kind of affected slightly different. So there may be different risk factors that I may be more prone to that someone like yourself may not be. She's now the co-lead of the National African Americans Connect Group, as well as a support leader in the Western New York area. King says this community is necessary for connecting with others who know what it feels like to live with an invisible illness. Just knowing that there is a community of people who actually get it where rheumatoid arthritis is one of those conditions to where I could be fine at this moment, but by the end of the call, like literally all hell could break loose in my body and I could need to go to the hospital. So being able to, if I tell you I'm in pain just as a compassionate person, it relates to you and it resonates to you to where you're like, oh, okay, you know, I feel sorry for you, but to know physically what level of pain I'm in, by being able to have a conversation with someone else from the arthritis community who truly, truly gets it and realizes how fast your body can turn when you is a different level of conversation and a different level of support. King says there are certain qualities shared by people living with rheumatoid arthritis that make this network of patients a crucial piece of treatment. 
And though everyone's journey is different, many people under the umbrella of inflammatory arthritis experience similar symptoms that not only affect joints, but the whole body. People may have conditions related to their heart, their lungs, and other organs. So, for example, in people with rheumatoid arthritis, the risk of cardiovascular events, so heart attacks, is higher than populations without rheumatoid arthritis. So certainly it's a condition that can you know, affect the whole body, the whole person. People may find that you know, they have like really profound fatigue when the condition is not well managed. And like other type of chronic conditions, it also affects your mood. Some patients experience anxiety or depression because of the constant pain and the frustration of finding a treatment that works. The first line of treatment for rheumatoid arthritis is disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. These help to regulate the immune system so that it stops attacking the joints and causing chronic inflammation. But it's not a perfect solution. For many patients, the reality is that these treatments will suddenly stop working, and they'll have to start from scratch to find a new method that works. Expect the unexpected. So what may work for you perfectly for one year, three years, 13 years, you could wake up the next day and it feels like it has no effect on your body at all. So that is the biggest thing. So I've been through a series of different treatments. So I've been on everything from pills. I've had a Metaport. I've done infusions. So there's various types of treatments. And just realizing that because your treatment changes doesn't necessarily mean that your condition is getting worse. It's not uncommon for bodies to adapt to medication, but King says it's still a hard setback to accept. I promise you I would take it to her every time it changed. And then every time your medication changed, it typically takes roughly about a month and a half to two months for that new medication to become active in your system. So that time frame creates a whole nother set of mental and physical worries because nothing's really changing until it changes. So patience is definitely a virtue and really something that you need to have with having this condition because your body is no longer your own. And unfortunately, this constant medication switching is many patients' best option. While there's been a growing movement to find more natural solutions to medical issues, Lee says that rheumatoid arthritis is one condition where medication is essential. However, certain activities can be a very powerful supplement when practiced daily. Non-pharmacological treatments like being physically active, regular exercise that helps to strengthen muscles, you know, so that it protects the joints that are already being attacked by the inflammatory process by the arthritis disease itself is important. Maintaining a good level of flexibility, so range of motion exercise, keeping the muscle and keeping muscle nice and flexible, those sort of specific tailored exercise, depending on the individual's need, is really important to keep us mobile. Cardiovascular exercises like walking and swimming are especially important for rheumatoid arthritis patients since the condition often affects their heart. But Lee says the true key to living with this condition is balance. Know how to manage the 24 hours in your day. Know how much sleep you need and when you should take a break instead of pushing yourself more. In the beginning, especially being in my early 30s, having a very active life, having a very active, you know, volunteering community life. Like, you know, I can beat this thing like, I, you know, I would just push, push, push and then put myself in a worse situation. But I've learned to listen to my body, rest as best I can, be very conscious of what I'm eating 
whether I'm flaring or not, because a lot of people don't realize the things that you put in your body will result in what you get out of it. So I don't eat completely clean. There are times when I do, but just being more conscious of that, looking into different types of alternate opportunities like yoga, things like that, mindfulness, just different things that I can do in conjunction with my meds to make myself feel better. On top of listening to your body, Lee says it's crucial to know the ins and outs of your condition. When we see a health professional, you spend 15, 20 minutes, half an hour max. So they work with you on your medication, your exercise program, and they give you advice. But the individual is still living, you know, that 24-hour day to manage the condition. So having the knowledge, knowing what to do, knowing what is the normal pattern of your symptoms, and what is when the symptom may not be as well controlled and knowing when to go back to seek help in a timely manner. As with any health issue, it's important to be your own advocate, which means doing your own research, both online and in person with your physician. King has been grateful for the Arthritis Foundation's various resources, including webinars about rheumatoid arthritis, as well as other health issues it can cause. Arthritis.org is a great resource for anyone struggling with an arthritis diagnosis. This segment was inspired by a listener's comment. If you have ideas for future topics, please leave a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or X. You can find more information about Dr. Linda Lee, Talisa King, and all of our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.org. Our writer-producer is Kristen Farah. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. I'm Elizabeth Westfield. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal... Most people lie, but most people tend to be fairly honest most of the time, but there's a smaller subset that engages in quite a bit of lying. New research on the characteristics and traits of people who lie excessively. Then, how will vaccine fatigue affect our health this winter? We used to be talking about just one vaccine to prepare ourselves for the winter. Now, particularly older persons have three vaccines to consider. All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. The friend called my parents up and said she's delusional or something's happening and come get her. The many impacts of mental illness. Then... The judge gave me the date that I need to go. So that's so hard. Oh, my goodness. I was packing like crazy, packing my clothes, packing my daughter's clothes. I'm sorry. One woman's never-ending deportation nightmare. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal.